So any errors? Are we, no errors? Uh uh, relief it seems to be working well then let's just go and let's dive right in quickly before my microphone shits the bed again before your microphone blows up and before whoever's in that helicopter outside my room smashes their way into the windscreen and gets me and finds it finally Welcome, everybody, to episode 16 of I Understood That Reference. Welcome back. And can I also just say, I am glad you're the one that's keeping count, because every time you're about to say it, I'm not sure what number you're going to say at this point, because we're bloody flying through them at this point. Watch out the helicopter. Let's be honest, Rob. Can you hear that helicopter? <laughs> oh, oh, is it still going? Is it still hovering? It's all, he's still out there, and there's like a spotlight with some kind of the number 16 on the ground over here. I don't <laughs> know if that has anything to do with us, but... <laughs> no, no, no. That's not going to do is it's for 16, man. That's who. No, that's for. that's fair. Yeah. That's that is. I mean, it is Dublin. It is ten o'clock at night or whatever. So it's not unusual for to be loved by anyone. <laughs> you know, I was wondering, would you drift to Tom Jones? I was like, surely not. Not on a, not a Monday night. Not, no, well, listen. After after Thursday night, anything can happen hmm. in my life. Apparently. So, Rob, how have you been? How are you, man? I'm doing well. It's been, it was a bit hectic last week, so we're a little bit slower getting this episode out because I just didn't have any time to do anything but uh, entertain. And work and entertain again. Um, strange complaint, but you know, when you know when people are visiting, it it it, it, it just occupies every waking minute of your time. Which is which is fair. And to be fair, every time that we were about to record, a new trailer would drop, and then another trailer would drop, and then a new piece of news. So it was kind of it was tough to pick the right moment to be like, we're not talking about that trailer, mm. or oh Jesus, or or that trailer. Or this oh, oh, oh no. scaling bit of news, or this crazy revelation, or this fun fact. Speaking of... Speaking of, yes, let's do it. Let's jump straight in. Yeah. So, Rob, let's go to the... Mark Hamill liked a tweet recently of somebody talking about the fact that they liked this show. How amazing. How amazing is that? Wait, what? Yeah, Mark Hamill, somebody was talking about how they listened to our show and how they liked it. And Mark Hamill liked that tweet. He was following... Oh, was this, was, so he was following someone who listens to the show. I, I can't remember how it originally came up. Probably because I was saying <laughs> that Mark Hamill is a friend of the show or something. Oh, very good. But somebody else replied and said, oh, listen to your show. It was a really great episode about Avengers Endgame. And like Mark Hamill is also one of I'm a big Mark Hamill fan or something like and then Mark Hamill liked their tweet saying that. Oh, wow. Has he nothing better to do? So I said, I mean, well, clearly, I said, Mark, we got your back, man. There's a pint of Guinness over here in Dublin waiting for you, and I'll stand by that. <laughs> but back to the Ross Fact Rob fact. Rob, what was your fact last week, and was it true or not? My fact last week was, much like Facebook, Star Wars was originally titled The Star Wars. <gasps> oh, what do we think? And was that true or was that false? It was true. Yes, it was indeed. Mm. To be honest, I, I think I think a lot of uh, a lot of people did know that because it was quite one sided in the L, in the L Twitter department, where sixty four percent of people uh, knew that that was true. Ah, that's not a big majority. I mean, it's more that's, than that's, twice. That's, that's, that's more than twice. Uh, all right. Well, look. To be fair, I think maybe that one was a bit on the nose, but. Um, I was wondering what people kind of get thrown by because of uh, me bringing it into the whole Facebook 21st century side of things. But yeah, no, it was yeah, originally, it was, the script originally said the Star Wars before um, 
uh, George Lucas was rightly given a tap on the shoulder saying it'd be better if you shortened it. Before copious other decisions were made. Yeah, listen, he's he's not he's not great with um, reining things in sometimes. Do you know that the 14 Indiana Jones was originally, he wanted it, like, this is genuine, he wanted it to be called Indiana Jones and the Spacemen. Really? That's, he, that, that's the title he'd put down. He liked that title. And everyone was like, George, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> Two things, Rob. That's actually really interesting. And secondary, why didn't you keep that for a future Ross Fact, Rob? Oh, shit. You're like, you're like giving away all the good information here. <laughs> it's not the first oh. time you've done this. Listen, when it comes to research and facts, it's hard to know where to start. But then obviously when you and I are having a conversation, then they just come pouring out of me organically. So, organically yeah um like recently uh i think i told a story maybe i didn't tell last time but i was just thinking about this podcast and us when we get together like last oh. time when we were at our friend's wedding there another guest walked out mid-conversation and like you know it, it probably thought we were talking about adult things and instead he walked out and we were like you know the noise of the machines from war the worlds when they're like <laughs> how cool was that <laughs> um, great stuff though in that movie that's very very sinister i, I agree sorry but but i read ross fact rob fact uh, yeah so my one was that um transformers uh dark and the moon was leonard nimoy's last film that's not true because it was star trek uh into darkness i believe the second one that nobody cares about um and I, my little twist on that was that a famous actor did of course die with transformers the animated movie being their last film and that oh. is, of course, from Citizen Kane, Orson, Orson Welles. Oh my God! You, you, you've seen the the. I mean, you've seen him in that ad for like French champagne. Oh, when he's it, hammered. Oh, it's it's incredible stuff. I I implore. It like, gets to better that. to watch. The more you watch it, it's funnier. Yeah, French uh, champagne, the French. <laughs> he's just completely winging it. He doesn't know where he is. <laughs> I mean, for for his role in Transformers, when they asked him to describe it, he just said, I'm in some stupid Thai film about Thai robots beating each other up. It's like, oh, yeah, he really cared about the cause. Yeah, but they needed him in the title credits to, to, to add prestige to the movie. Sure, look, he, he, he knew it wells. Oh, oh, okay, I'll give you that. So let's move on to the next. Anyway, let's that's Russell Crowe's by Russell Crowe. Just sweep that. Just sweep that under the rug there. But then the next section, which is of course the great reference game, 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 game. That sounded like the uh, team intro to Pinky and the Brain, Brain, Brain. That's that's what I could hear as you were saying as you were doing the intro. So I will give you that actually. Yeah, yeah it kind of had a similarity. I, I have to say, not that that's a bad thing. That's a beloved show, but I just I was inspired <laughs> heavily influenced by uh, by Spielberg, of course. Mm, exactly. Oh yeah. Also, in this scenario, I am thinking that I probably would be Pinky, and you would be the brain. Is that fair? <sighs> Listen. I don't want to say that I'm the brain, but you definitely strike me as a pinky. Does that make sense? That's deeply insulting. So anyway, Rob, <laughs> this week I'm asking you to get the reference, and I think you yeah. might get this. Okay, good. But here it is, okay? You yes, ready? I'm listening. Rolls-Royce Merlin engines, sweetest sound you could possibly hear out here. Rolls-Royce Merlin engines. Yep. I'm trying to just shorthand this down with one hand, but the computer's to my well, right. Good luck with that. <laughs> Sweetest sound this side of the Atlantic. You could what did hear you say? out here. Okay. Um, that did not initially ring any bells. Well, all right then. So let's go. Jump into the news. The news. Rob, do you want to start or shall I start? Um, listen, you start. 
<laughs> Fair enough. Um, just because I feel like we have to cover it. I don't want to spend too long on this because nobody really knows what happens, but I do want to get your take on it. Sony versus Disney over Spider-Man. Yeah. What do you make of the whole... So, yeah, this is the elephant in the room that I that for a podcast like ours, we'd have to address it. Uh, I just think it's stupid. This is... This is... Corporations. Rob's hot take. It's stupid. <laughs> That's my hot take. That's, That's a, your hot take. That's That's hot so, take anyway, is. next up on news... <laughs> <laughs> I can see it. I can see the newspapers now. It's stupid. That's just the entire front page. Yeah, no other like actually, I'm like Fox or something. Now we turn to uh, comics and movies panelist Rob. Rob, how do you make the situation? Stupid. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I, look, it's it's obviously it's poor form on both sides because obviously each company has come out on separate occasions saying, "Oh, it's the other one's fault." So, so Disney initially said. Talks have broken down with Sony, heavily implying that Sony were the ones that were the issue. Sony tried to rebuke this by by putting out a, a big long series of tweets saying, "Listen, Sony or Disney are making this bigger than it is. We're, we're still in negotiations. We're just trying to find a middle ground that suits both companies, I guess." Then, of course, I guess Disney probably nudged a few of their stars to kind of almost hint that it's on their side. And Tom Holland came out saying, "Oh, this is all very disappointing." And it ultimately, ultimately transpired that Disney, through the MCU, wanted to get more of the box office cut from uh, the movies because I guess they had full creative control uh, but only got about 10% of the, the box office because the rights were still owned by Sony but they got some of the merchandising but obviously Blaze Far From Home knocked out a cozy one million, one billion, one hundred million dollars so you can you're not I mean even though they made what six or seven billion already this year they still want a greater cut of that so I guess they're they're trying to fight tooth and nail for more of this this spider this spider pie, um, and Sony are just like no, uh, we own it, we want most of the cut. So they're bickering about money, even though they both have loads of money, and they haven't really considered the impact that this is going to have on the fandom and just you know the, the just the, the adoring fans that like love both the character and the franchise so much. Like it's a very selfish argument for them to have. Enough. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's better than it's stupid. I mean that still sums you know sums it up pretty well. I guess my the one thing I will caveat caveat I will say is that like really Disney you couldn't just you know you couldn't just not have one thing like I mean it's I the same week as you announced all the new slew of Star Wars shows and Marvel shows. I know. I mean, yeah. Just come on, lads. Just let somebody else have something. All right. I think personally, I think it's because they're still sore over Spider Verse. That it was so good, and that it was the one non-Marvel Studios p- film that just kind of almost blew them out of the water. So there might be still a little bit of stinging over that. I, 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 I'd be surprised if they really cared about the animated one. That was never that like they have their own animated successes for sure, and um, like they own Pixar for God's sake. I think obviously, I suppose Spider Verse was incredibly original, but. <laughs> I just I feel like I'd say they must they obviously had to revisit negotiations, and I'm I'm assuming. That Disney were just basically like, here, we just want to buy this off you. We just want him. We want Spider-Man. And suddenly we're like, no, we really like you coming up with all the good ideas and us getting the money. So let's keep it that <laughs> it's way. Good, it's a good situation yeah, for us yeah, to be in. Because we couldn't do it. Um, that's not fair. Because Spider-Man 1 or 2 with Tobey Maguire are, like, are good. Like 2 is very good. Um, certainly for its time. Yeah. Ver- very, very, very different films though. Yeah. I would say. Yeah, yeah. Very different. But like, I mean, look, that, that was before there was any semblance of an mcu so you could argue sony did it first in terms of doing a nice like a solid superhero movie in this 
century, yeah, let's and, say. And but, superheroes were very, very different movies back then as well. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, think of the mix that there were. We were getting bloody... Uh, the, the Crow, Blade, uh, you know, weird graphic novel stuff, like not using any of the mainstream superheroes, which is hilarious, so... Yeah, that, that's the thing. It was like, let's keep this as off the beaten track. Here, Spawn. Let's make a Spawn film. Spawn. That's the one I was trying to think of. For God's sake. There's the top three. You know, everyone everyone knows Spawn, right? <laughs> oh, God. Spawn. Famous for its incredible vi- visuals, actually, Spawn. Honestly. It did have incredible visuals, to be fair. There's a part where the, the bad guy like turns into this weird robot thing, and it looks really cool. I was joking, but okay, yeah, sure. If you remember it fondly, then that's great. <laughs> I mean, look, realistically, it's probably hindsight goggles, yeah, but there exactly. is a part Nostalgia. my brain tells me looks good. But it probably does yeah. not. Look, ultimately, I think this is just corporations battling over, you know, they're just being greedy. And it's stupid because there's so much at stake when, like, he's obviously, now, particularly for the younger generation who are watching MCU, Spider-Man is by far and away the most popular. Like, Tom Holland is a superstar to these kids. And now he's in limbo. Like, if... Currently, the deals have broken. The deal is broken down. It's like it's like a it's like an MCU Brexit. Honest to God, it, that that is one of the best ways, Rob. You totally redeemed yourself from that. It's stupid part. <laughs> it is like the MCU Brexit. I'm calling that. That's the the t- the title of this episode. <laughs> but listen, well done. It, because when you think about it, he now can't like they legally can't even reference any of the MCU stuff as it stands in a future Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland. But, but, Rob, on the plus side, they can have him in Venom 2. Oh, dearie me. So he'll, well, poor old Tom, as it stands, is currently rolling down the road like a turd in the wind. Oh, Jesus Christ. What a movie. Anyways, right. I think pretty much that's where we're going to leave that. Everybody, there's still going on. There's still lots of yeah. talks. Every day there's a new piece it's of news. It's getting though. a bit annoying, if I'm going to be honest. Listen, you heard so, it here first, folks. It's stupid. Hot off the yeah, press. Hot off the press. Yeah, it is. Right, Rob, any news from you? Christopher Nolan's next film. Have you heard of this? I've heard of it. This is the one with uh, Robert Pattinson, right? He's in it, um, along with another okay. a, a superstar cast. Um, so it's called Tennis. T-E-N-E-T. I'm not sure what that means about anything but um okay that i did uh yeah so it's a he's it obviously they're being incredibly cagey about it which is hilarious because this is an original story so nobody would know what it is anyway but you know he's he's being very secretive which i guess i guess he's going method himself as a director in in respect to the to the film because it's it's being labeled as an espionage action epic uh so all that says to me is Mission Impossible, if I'm perfectly honest. That's, if you were to use three words to describe the genre that, that, that Mission Impossible falls into. But obviously, that won't be the case. It's Nolan. I mean, Mission Impossible Inception would probably be how I would describe yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's, 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 we know nothing about it other than like the cast is phenomenal. Uh, you've got John David Washington, who's uh, the guy um, from uh, Black, uh, Black Klansman. I always call it Black K Klansman. Because the, ter- the the third a, a lot a lot of a lot of people do to be honest I think it's an Irish thing maybe yeah but... um Robert Pattinson's in it, as you're saying uh you've got Aaron Taylor Johnson Michael Caine of course Kenneth Branagh Himesh Patel who I think is from that yesterday movie that Danny Boyle made um we know very little the Beatles we know very little about it they've only been filming it this year over the last few months but you know Nolan Nolan there might be like there might be a psychological thriller side to this and um, there obviously be the big there'll be big scale to it this is obviously a very different feel though i'd say to his previous stuff 
Um, particularly, you know, Dunkirk was his last one. And then he's a big sci-fi uh, interstellar before that. So he's really kind of uh, working his way through the genres, you could say. Yeah, he is, actually. But he, he, there's definitely... It's, 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 I was thinking of Quentin Tarantino there when you said that because Tarantino kind of moved away or moved his way through a few genres as well. But his, his style is very, very similar. I think... His style is two hours of dialogue and then the final 20 minutes is utter violence. That's his style. Have you have you seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? No, but I, I knowing having heard hints of what it is and just knowing that it's QT and knowing that it involves or at least references um the Manson murders, I, I can predict how that movie plays out to an extent. Okay, not, not not to spoil it for you, Rob, but you've literally described exactly how the film goes. <laughs> I've a knack for that, as like, you've learned. You clearly do have a knack for it. I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> But yes, for Nolan though, he does have a he has more of a vision, I will say, than his style because his films did they, they do share similar styles in a way, but they're not. I don't think you can watch a film and say it looks exactly like something else. For instance, the Prestige, I don't think, is really anything like something like Batman Begins, whereas the three Batman films are very much thematically and stylistically identical. But then again, I think Interstellar is something very very different than Dunkirk. So I think there is you know set pieces maybe that look alike that he uses in different films but i think that he does have a different style for each movie which is a he good does thing. but they still have the nolan kind of clinicalness to them and coldness you know they're just very yes, no, that i agree very practical feeling and realistic despite maybe the the, the topics or whatever the themes are or whatever the, 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 the whatever century it's set in which you know i think is a good thing like he's he's really kind of some people argue that sometimes a little bit bland and lifeless but i think it's just modern. I would argue those people are yeah, idiots. Yeah, I think it was just modern <laughs> filmmaking. It's great. But um, listen, because there's not, we don't know much. We've probably dwelled along, on it long enough. But um, I thought you just meant this podcast in general. <laughs> we don't know I, much. No, th- that too. Absolutely that too. But this, I mean, this sounds fascinating as usual. Super cast. It's him. Spy movie. Oh, sign me up. I, I'll, I'll double down on that signature. Sign me up too. Rob, this, this I'm going to go from to one piece Sign me up too. Starring Steve Martin. <laughs> It's like it's the uh, I like the Steve Martin bit. I was going to go with Rick Moranis there for a second. Oh, like, that's not bad. Honey, I signed up the kids or something. <laughs> honey, I signed up the kids. <laughs> that's yeah, that sounds weird. Um, I'm going to jump from that piece of news to interestingly enough because you said Dunkirk there. I'm like, sure, then I'll run with that. Um, because one of the actors who is in Dunkirk, an Irish actor, um, has just been announced as playing the lead villain in Marvel's The Eternals. Is he the lead villain? He's the lead villain. It's Barry yeah, Keown, it's isn't it? Barry Keown. Yeah, who, um, a name which uh, Kevin Feige really struggled with on stage at that Disney. Expo I mean, I, he just it. did too, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and we're Irish, like for Christ's sake. No, we got through perfectly. What did you say? I don't know, but this is interesting because <laughs> everyone seems to be like losing their mind, and this is going to be. We're going to talk about a few Irish castings here because good to see the Irish do well. Lots of people on Twitter talk about the crack, and I'm like, you don't know what the crack is. Anyway, people are saying it's great that he's the first kind of Irish star to make it into like a major Marvel blockbuster in in kind of role like that. Mm-hmm. But if you remember, his co-star from Love Hate, uh, Tom Von Lawler was actually the voice of Ebony Maw from both Avengers Endgame and Infinity War. God, yeah. That's funny because he, he was in the Late Late Show. He's a very he's a very understated guy if ever you've seen him in interviews. He doesn't really interview a whole pile. The Late Late Show is an Irish talk show, I should probably highlight for those non-Irish people mm. listening right now. It's not co- quite as quite as big as uh, Jimmy Kimmel or anything, but maybe, maybe someday. It's still one of the longest running, I think, consistently running sort of late night chat shows. Like in any case, he's famous for playing Nidge on, a, on an Irish crime show called uh, Love Hate, 
Um, so he does, but so he would do interviews for that. But I think he was in some new Irish show. But they, Tuberty, Ryan Tuberty, the host of the Late Late Show, brought up that he um they they knew that he was cast in the MCU, and it was hilarious because he said, you know, so what? Ca-? Like he didn't even ask him anything specific. He just said, so what can you tell us about the movie? And he was referring to Infinity War at this point. And your man literally just goes, Tom Fowler literally just goes, nothing. And everyone laughed, thinking like, oh no, he'll tell us something. And then trying to say, oh, you know, what, what, what can you tell us? No, seriously, I can't tell you anything. <laughs> End the <laughs> interview. <laughs> Please go away from me and stop asking me this question. He, and he was so not joking and incredibly deadpan. <laughs> it's actually kind of dope to watch. <laughs> to, to be fair, I would say once you're in an MCU film, you have to absolutely not mention it outside the confines of your bathroom. I mean, like even uh Marshall Awali was like from Blade. I mean nobody knew that. It came from nowhere. Uh, yeah, but I'm sure that's the kind of casting that would leak somewhere. But I think these people don't tell anybody. I just don't think it's mentioned at all. Uh, Mar- once you sign up at Marvel, you shut your mouth. But I guess as well when you're playing a, a sort of an a, a, an, unsp- an unspecific villain at least, you know, at least there's if you're a famous superhero you can talk about the ge- the character in general, but he probably could very little that he could actually give away without upsetting the actual story. And as well as that, I mean, you're on the Late Late Show and you're like, you know, you could say something like, I'm playing Spider-Man. And even the crowd's like, ah, oh, wow, I know Spider-Man, I know Spider-Man. But if you go, I'm playing Ebony Maw, like the, the cricket at the back wouldn't even make a sound. Oh, listen, like, it's the bloody Late Late Show audience. They'd be crickets no matter what character you're playing. They're famously tough to impress and please. Except for the Valentine's episodes where they all get locked oh, and yeah, then yeah. 200 complaints are sent in about it. <laughs> and then they go That's back Irish to Irish television. <laughs> <very> <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> um, at least for the podcasting scenes he's been a little bit more lively. But um, yeah, no, I think Barry Keown is a fantastic actor. He's, he keeps cropping up in a load of stuff. So he's obviously one of these guys that's just... The, the, the Hollywood has decided this guy's a really good actor. And we're just picking him for everything. Yeah, he's done something right. He's like a Saoirse Ronan, kind of came from nowhere yeah. and is now really just in the good books of Hollywood. Because he was, he, one of his breakthrough was Killing of a Sacred Deer by, yes. I'm not going to try and pronounce, yeah, is it a, he's an Icelandic director, I think, um, Jorgen Fapalopoulos or something like that. Uh, that's definitely not what it is, but it's remarkably close, actually, I think. Now that I think about I like it. you went from, I'm not going to try it to trying it. <laughs> I just went straight there. But um, I think the um, the logic behind sort of casting him is that he's kind of an up-and-coming actor, a bit mysterious. He kind of has a distinct look to him as well. I think it'd be interesting. He, he does, yes. But what character is he playing? Um, that I don't know. To be honest, as I said before, I really don't know anything about Marvel's Eternals. And this isn't a, a lacking on my part of here, but it's just because, again, the Eternals were just never really a thing. They're like, they're, they're total unknowns. So uh, mm. that's probably a good thing for Marvel because they can really craft them as much as they want without this kind of heavy fan base that may get irked if they make any changes. Yeah, but it's just, well, yeah, well, I, I suppose it, maybe they have a bit more free reign, but they're doubling down on it with that cast. Oh my god, that cast, cast is incredible. Uh, speaking of casting for the Eternals, um, I see Kit Harrington from Game of Thrones has also been completely typecast in a role where he's now going to play. Um, Oh God, oh, I can't remember his name. Black Swordsman, the Swordsman, something like that. In the Eternals. In the Eternals. Oh, yes. I didn't know it was a Swordsman he was playing. I saw that he was cast, and I was like, "Oh, nice to see him breaking out into the MCU." But I guess no, he's just Jon Snow of the MCU. That's just basically what's happened here. I was about to say, "What's Jon Snow from?" But then, yes, of course, I forgot it. It's from Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, he's famous. Let's see if I can find this name. 
the Black Knight, the Black Swordsman. God, Ross, get your get your get your facts right. But again, this is what I'm talking about the Eternals. So, say for instance, even like the Black Knight, for instance, is is such a he's such a sixth, seventh, eighth string tier character. Like you can really see Marvel. I think of often of of almost almost like drained the pool too much now. They've they've used so many characters in such a short period of time that they're really just using everybody they can possibly think of now. Yeah, and it's an interesting tact where maybe, as I said before, maybe a break for a year or two would be a better idea than just keep throwing out the characters because saturation levels are getting pretty high. I think I don't know you even by themselves. Think, sure, they're knocking out three or four mm. movies a year at this point, um, which is busy. You know, like amongst all the other stuff, it's kind of you know you don't want to dilute it too much. Um, but like as well, if you were Kit Harrington, would you not be a little bit bummed that you're just like this random side character in a massively already crowded like that's your mcu slot used up do you know like, yeah, but the, now they're talking what? about maybe having that character in a bigger role because of the actor and i don't oh. know how i feel about that i mean i don't know like just maybe don't change the character too much but again they've already given the parts for the main like captain america is the tours the iron man they're all done now so now they're going to have to force people up to to bigger roles i guess so i mean what i mean like look it's not really. It's it's not really a big deal that he's used up. They can always just give him a solo movie if, for some reason, he was a massive hit, or bring him back and all this other kind of thing as well. So you know, they're never, they've never really ever fully used them up. If they really want to do, they could just be like, ah, let's just start using all the old guys again. So they'll probably be fine. They'll oh, one hundred percent, and and they will. Oh yeah, utter faith in them at this point. But yeah, you don't you don't seem to know too much about the Eternals. I know nothing about them. Um, other than I guess that their ideas that they're like created by the. The Celestials. So that's the uh, Kurt Russell character from Guardians is one of those. Essentially, is, yes, is the connection. You go the living planet. to existing stuff that we know. I, I think this is fu- this is a funny one because this is one of the ones where, like, <laughs> if you look at YouTube or look at articles and stuff, people start really going, "Oh, the, you know, the Eternals are Marvel's answer to blood, a blood, blood." And again, it's one of those things where, like, guys, don't even pretend that the Eternals are in vogue or really a real popular thing at any stage of the Marvel universe because they just they just weren't. <laughs> Like, it, it, there's no two ways about it. Like, it's I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna I'm not gonna try and be like, oh no, actually maybe they were bigger than they are. They definitely weren't. Like, this is just a definite. They want them big, so they're going to pretend they were always big and and key pivotal figures. Like, well, since speaking, they're big. For some reason, I assumed the Eternals were giants, just separate. Just as a side note here, I thought they were just big people, um, on a different planet. Turns out they're people-sized people on our people planet. Am I right in saying that? You could be. You could be. I assume you are. <laughs> <laughs> I keep asking all these questions and you're still thinking you're going Rob for the last time I've told you this is the one subset of comics I don't know anything about Rob if you were beside me I would be kicking you under the table right now I mean, <laughs> asking I you all these probing questions <laughs> trying to send all these emails and texts at the same time just saying Ross or Rob I, I called you me this is how confuzzled I'm being by the whole thing <laughs> I I don't, no, no, I'm eternally confused <laughs> when you asked me first about the Eternals, I actually thought it was a movie about uh, that the group, the, the pop group in England. The Eternals. Eternal. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> anyway, let's move swiftly along. And um, since we're on the sort of MCU, DC, D- Disney side of things, we we we'll probably have to just stick with the Disney Expo stuff and, and and fly through that as well while we're at it. Go for it. So listen, um, I texted you the other night a few pictures, and it obviously this is the power. This is the, just to touch now, the rate at which Marvel are firing through their canon of characters is just getting ridiculous because you obviously were floored by the announcements that were just so casually made. 
<laughs> it's for Disney it's Plus. Crazy. Yeah. So we, we are we've just been promised four new, five new actually MCU TV shows were announced uh, at Disney the the D twenty three the Disney Expo happened about a week and a half ago, and in that uh, those five are She Hulk, Ms Marvel, uh, Moon Knight, um, What If series, which is animated. Oh, sorry, the fifth one isn't a TV show. Sorry, it's a little old movie called Black Panther 2. So that was also dropped. Good Lord. How are we supposed to process this information? Your thoughts? How, I mean, it's, it's too... I, I don't know. I think it, the saturation level is crazy. That whole Disney Plus thing is just like, you, you need to slow down, guys. You need to move this over the next like 10-year period or something because you can't throw that much content at once because it's just too much. Um, but some of them I actually have a weird issue with because... Like some of the characters are are, co- are characters that are very new to comics, and that their whole story requires the fact that there was a long-standing history of other characters for them to come into being. Oh, I see. Um, Ms. Marvel, for example, is she came into being obviously because she was a fan of Miss Marvel, who Captain Marvel in the movies, and it was only after her being free run for years and starting a career, of course, that. Uh, her name is Kamala Khan that she was able to see that and that she looked looked up to her and idolised her and stuff so it's weird that even though we've only had one Captain Marvel film we already have a Ms. Marvel TV show on the way it's like it's very it's very soon okay so yeah so, so I, well, look I, so I think it definitely feels like a lot of information just to track back a bit because obviously there's huge talk around the Comic Con announcements which you know includes a Captain uh, no what is it the Falcon and Bucky series, wherever you're Falcon Winter Soldier, we've got the Hawkeye series, Loki, WandaVision, and now these four things. So it feels like a lot, but when you think about it, they're all at various stages of production. These have only just been announced. We might see these for a year, year and a half easily. And I guess they're really trying to get people to commit to the service, which is why there's such a heavy hand around the content that's coming out for it. I really think this is just the head shows at Disney saying, oh my God, we've got a streaming service coming up. We need people to buy this crap so we're just going to start absolutely <laughs> the, the, churning the out whatever stuff we can find we're just going to we're literally anything we can get our hands on and start making tv shows about it and that's how they've arrived at this situation like she hulk um, where on earth did that come out for tv uh, hold on a second uh, jeff goldblum has his own show now called the world according to jeff goldblum uh, yeah i have that written down i was going to get to that in a bit that that's incredible because he's had a resurgence in the oh, last completely. three or four years just for being himself all the oohs and the ahs and the sort of scattiness and the, you know, the, the, the idiosyncrasies that are so specific to him, people just adore. Uh, so now they're just like, let's bloody well make a TV show. And I remember that was made, I remember seeing that as a tweet somewhere and he read it out. We, they should create a show with Jeff Goldblum just reacting to things. And they've honestly just gone and made that TV show, which is extraordinary. Yeah, but they've gone and made it and it's a Disney Plus exclusive. You're like, whoa, whoa what? Well, because it's, it's, well, a natu- it's a National Geographic show. And that Geo is owned by Disney now. Uh, how how insane is what you just said? <laughs> that National Geographic is owned by Disney now, and they're creating a show about Jeff Goldblum. That part as well. Like like the next the next thing is obviously going to be like Disney Plus became active on whatever September the twenty fifth, twenty nineteen. That was when the Machine War began. <laughs> <laughs> like Terminator Six: Dark Fate is going to be about this very thing. Oh, it's like the bloody what is it like the internet? social network thing that was the entire sort of MacGuffin of uh, Genesis, Turner, Genesis. T- Turner and Genesis. Something was just going to yeah, switch on. Remember when it came out? What was it called? It was already actually, it was Terminator Genesis and it was actually already 
like you know was already was actually happening in real life at social media it was already ahead of the advancements they were trying to show in the yeah, film yeah it was hilarious it was it was like a futuristic movie but existing technology in the future which is weird <laughs> <laughs> which is which is weird not quite the future forward looking people we want no god it was um, atrocious regarding some of the pictures and stuff like that from uh, these TV shows I have to say there is one and I sent it to you that I'm really interested in which is WandaVision oh god yeah um, and the picture it was this like like it looked like a, a modern housewives kind of it looked like know, a 1950s 1950- sort of uh, daytime TV show husband and wife character it was odd now can I tell you why I'm looking forward to that uh, sure I mean I've nothing not else to do but listen to you so let's go that, that is true yeah, no, <laughs> I'm stuck here man you uh, might as well say something <laughs> So there's a comic called The Vision, okay? And it's called The Vision. It was originally called The Visions. And it's essentially that. It's a 1950s era style comic of The Vision trying to live a normal human life. And what he does is he creates uh, a family for himself, like out of some of his own body. Like it's really weird. So they're robots as well. He has a wife and two kids. Um, And it is done by a guy called uh, Tom King. So it's together, it's a writer and artist com- combo. So it's Tom King's the author and Gabriel Hernandez-Walta is the illustrator. It is absolutely incredible. It is one of the best things Marvel has produced in the last 10 years. It's only uh, 12 issues long and it's collected in one kind of maxi-series. It is brilliant. It is absolutely unlike anything I've read in a while. And I hope that the success of that comic, because it won lots of awards, I think they're going to just try and make that into the TV show, which would be fantastic wow that's pretty ambitious and exciting because it'd probably be interesting to be fair there's actually that sounds appealing i think it sounds interesting like there's great variety in these mcu shows far more than the movies have kind of offered because they have to follow more templated structure loki is this mad essentially a time travel movie you know when you think about it going by the logic of what it's supposed to be um cap and falcon is i keep calling cap bucky let's call it bucky and he is cap now yeah captain america tv show we'll call it it's obviously going to be like probably a, a thriller, espionage kind of side of things. What else we got in there? The the the, the uh, Hawkeye one. Uh, the student becomes the master. What else we got in there? There's like lots of fun stuff that I think. Uh, the She Hulk one is obviously going to be like some kind of legal drama because she's a lawyer. Is she really the character? Yeah, she really is. Yeah, Jennifer Walters, and it's going to be mixed in with obviously her being a Hulk. <laughs> Whenever she's with a case, she just tears up a courtroom, and then that's the end of the episode. I'm trying to think of a legal pun here. I guess you know because it's the She-Hulk. She's a legal. <laughs> that is that is not bad out of nowhere. Okay, come on. Uh, anyway, what are the other ones? Like, I think another one we want to talk about is we mentioned Moon Knight as a rumored character in the last episode, and lo and behold, Soothsayers two weeks later, it's announced as a TV show. Now, the one other wrinkle we did add to that fact was that Keanu Reeves was the suggested casting. Do you think that will come to pass? Well, he still hasn't been cast. Everybody thought that that was going to be Kit Harrington, But lo and behold, Kit Harrington was taken by the Eternals. So unless he's going to show up as like a villain in some like Black Panther 2 or in Doctor Strange 2 or something, because I could kind of see him pull off the wizardy look as well. But The wizardy look, look yeah. Say, he could actually give him a TV show. He could, couldn't he? Mm. The long hair specifically. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, Neo was basically a wizard in the Matrix. Neo was essentially a wizard inside the Matrix and will be again. Oh, yeah. We'll get to that in a minute. Let's wrap this one up first. <laughs> um, but the, uh, the Moon Knight, like you, you described the character last time, sounds mental. Talk about another great sort of other weird 
avenue that they can go down for these TV shows. I'm telling you. And an opportunity that that character really presents an opportunity to do something different with. And especially with um, shows like Legion and Mindhunter and the kind of weird serial killer vibe that Netflix really loves at the moment. Oh, yeah. That's People a very, that very good opportunity. Yeah, my concern here, though, is that for these Disney Plus shows, how much are they going to soften the characters for TV? Like, how, what sort of age restrictions is the platform going to have? Can you have mature, more adult superhero TV shows on there that adults can enjoy as well as kids? That's, you know, Moonlight sounds absolutely bonkers as a character. You'd want to make that pretty... You want to make that sort of 15s and above, at least, for it to be for it to be making the most of the character essentially is what I'm but saying. I mean I guess it could be like the Daredevil I mean Daredevil I know that's on Netflix but that was still Marvel's hand in that so they could make it like that yeah no I'm, I'd say Marvel would be on board for doing it violent I'm saying Disney would be like that's not our image yeah because there was <laughs> I remember reading about a film recently I can't remember what it was off the top of my head but apparently they did ask the director to tone it down the violence and all that so he stepped away from the project altogether oh my god well that's not a great end to it Just, it's not a great sign is no, it no 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 I think maybe he knew it was kind of coming to a close anyway because Disney was buying up everything. So, and there you go. But, uh, I mean, there's all those shows. They've got the What If series, which is like where they take existing MCU movies and animate alternative scenarios if something went a different way. The What If scenarios, that's going to be interesting. And they also then, of course, the Black Panther 2 announcement was hilarious because it's not going to be released until, like, mid-2022. What's, what's the point? It's three years away. <laughs> 2022 yes they said god damn it like i mean they must just have charts in their offices of just like running out of space to when the next films are coming oh, i'd say out. it must be for the next 100 years they've got this mapped out the, the century of marvel films yeah. like jesus christ do are you get are you, are not, i don't want to say superhero fatigue because obviously that word is kind of a loaded sentence but do you think there's too much do you think there's a little bit maybe just slow down you build the excitement a little bit then a really big release then slow down again then that sounds weird but um you know what i mean well i i yeah <laughs> i don't know what you're describing um but i'm gonna assume it's the tv shows we can talk about that when we when we finish regarding <laughs> um uh, i think the problem is is that i find that there's already too much tv and streaming stuff to watch to begin with and now there's this plethora of Disney shows coming out. I, I love the sound of so many of them, but I bet you I'll struggle to find time to watch all of these. Because like cinema, I can make time for because it's a specific two hours I'll set aside to go out. You make a bit of an evening out of it. TV shows, sometimes, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of, there's several hours of these shows. I'll probably watch the initial ones for sure. Like I'll definitely watch, I guess I'm saying I'm committed to this Disney Plus. Like they're going to get me, I feel, the feckers. But it does feel a little bit overbearing right now. There's a lot of content coming on the tracks that, I get overwhelmed when just a new season of a show comes out and I haven't kept up with the previous season. Now you've got like eight Disney shows just about the MCU basically coming up. And I'm like, how am I going to fit all this in? It is a ginormous commitment. I, I feel the same way. Like it, it is definitely a huge commitment. And then if it's not the Marvel movies, you got the Mandalorian, you got an Ewan McGregor bloody Star Wars series down the track. And that's not including the films. It's like there's so much content that I would love to consume, but I don't know where I'm going to possibly get the time to consume them all. No, not at all. It's kind of mad. And I suppose we should uh, wrap up the Disney stuff, with that Disney cover stuff with, of course, there was another trailer for Star Wars, the um, the the, jet, the, uh, the Rise of Skywalker. Rise of the Skywalker. We've passed on all we know. A thousand generations live in you now. Okay. Your two cents on it. <laughs> no, I want to get your sense first. Then I'll give my sense. 
That's your your two cents. I mean, it might be more than two. Oh dear! Let's see where how much time we got left. Cents. Uh, listen. Yeah, quick, give us your one. It's definitely Nathan Drake. Um, that's in there. Uh, I kind of watch it. It's a bit of a cheesy featurette. It kind of fills up for the first minute and a half, just kind of cycling through all of the other Ace movies with clips. Um, and as that was happening, I was like, "Boy, these movies have changed a lot over the years." I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> listen. Um. This one didn't do a whole pile for me until it got to the very end, and then something happened. <laughs> That's gonna throw me, and I'm like, "Where do we stand here in this fucking trilogy?" At, at this at this rate, I'm just like, you, you can tell they've gone so far off course that they're like, "Ah, oh, look, just it doesn't matter if it actually happens in the film or not. It doesn't matter if it's going to be a dream or a vision or whatever. Just chuck in something." Just something that'll make people go, oh, that that's a bit, that's a bit different, I guess. Yeah, whatever. Ra- so, raise a yeah. lightsaber, evil thing. Just throw it in there. Yeah. Throw it in there. So we can make a vision in the actual film if we have to. This is funny because this reminds me so much of the the furore when um. So uh, look, look, the, the everything up until the last second of the trailer is very by the numbers, quick snippets of um characters no context really as to you know what's happened to them or where they are to anything or anything about the story just like and it's funny because if you think about it based on the previous teaser we got you can actually see how the clips they've shown of this are just a little before or after other clips they've shown from other bits you know from the other trailer except the final there's a title splash and then it cuts to ray and she has this double lightsaber not just like Darth Maul's one though, it, it it can clip around itself, and then the two blades are like like <laughs> like a tuning fork, kind of parallel to each other. And she's got a hood on. She's got the Anakin sort of yellow dark force, uh, the, the dark side eyes, and it's just like this flick and a snap, and it becomes essentially like a Darth Maul lightsaber. Then, and it's red, so heavily hinting at oh she turns evil. Several issues with that. If they reveal that she turns evil in the trailer, why would they do that? So now obviously we were saying well now. She probably isn't evil because why would they reveal it in the trailer? But then maybe that's still bluff. So maybe she is. And then, of course, people weirdly get even more annoyed by just the physics and the, the practicality of the lightsabers, which I think is hilarious. Like, this is like if you thought the, the hilt Kylo lasers hilt. That, that Kylo Ren had, this has sent people into overdrive, this thing. But to, to, to be fair, though, if you already have a lightsaber where the bottom half can be a laser, why would you need one that would like those flick down? <laughs> why don't. Why is not just come at the bottom like the other one? I don't know. Listen, <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe if 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 two stormtroopers are huddled really close together, she wants to get them in one go. Yeah, directly in front. Yeah, yeah. Just, just line up there, guys. <laughs> Listen, I'm not sure. This is. What did you think of it? Like, I, I, I'm just so. I'm becoming so disenchanted by it. Like it tries to stir up the emotions, but then when, you, when I when I had time to like digest it, I was like, what is happening with this trilogy? Is is she the bad guy? Is Kylo Ren gonna somehow redeem himself? Is he definitely? I thought he was a good villain, or at least interesting. And now maybe they're both bad. What's happening? But that, that's the thing for me. I just like at this stage, it's like they've tried every permutation of it so far, and they're like, "What else have we got? What, what, what else have we not possibly used?" Sure, she's bad. Whatever. Yeah, just chuck that in for a bit. <laughs> See how the fans react. If it's in the film, who knows? And, and like again, the whole Ryan Johnson did the the, the Last Jedi and. It's like, you got to let go of the past, you got to move forward, you got to ignore the past, you know, just kill it if you have to. And then the, the first 90% of the trailer is just shots from the old films going, no, 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 we, we still love those films. Don't, sh- no, no, we still, we still love them. Don't worry, we still love them. It's clearly walking back all the stuff that's happened. And again, I said before, I'd much rather they just 
double down if they were really going to take if they're going to continue with it but it's not going to do that it's going to walk it all back and it's going to try bring it back to whatever jj abrams originally had planned for it which is i don't know i just i just don't care about those that film series anymore the Mandalorian looks good <laughs> oh my god I just, ugh. Yeah, just I, I was trying to process it earlier, and I'm just like, ugh, I just, I'm just so burnt out in it. Like, um, yeah, I think it's just funny because obviously they went one direction. I guess the first one was just like, here's an open book. It's basically an homage to the first or, or the original trilogy, and then they're like, we'll use, we'll just go where we want with this. Then they gave it to a director who who went where he wanted to go. Go where you want to go. And then he went where he wanted to go, and then obviously half of the fans decided not there. Like that. <laughs> So now they're like, now how do we get this back? Uh, I don't know about that, but let me tell you, I got an idea for a lightsaber that you're going to love. <laughs> he just walked into the pitch meeting and he had like a tie lightsaber, sellotaped to the other one. And like, they were looking at him walking, he's about to walk out of the room going, that was a pretty unsuccessful meeting. And when he turned around to say, I'll see you next week, the sellotape just came off and flicked down and flicked the lightsaber on and all the execs just went. Perfect. It's in the movie. Because like, forget about the movie, but this will sell some toys, let me tell you. That, that's a, yeah, this thing. Do you realize the potential for what you just delivered? It's called The Rise <laughs> of the Skywalker. This whole time, Skywalker has just been the name for the lightsaber. That's all it is. I wouldn't put it past it. I wouldn't put it past it. Um, mm. Right, there's one more thing I want to talk about before we go. And I just want to give a little bit of time for it. And I realize it's coming close to the 50-minute mark. So, Rob, I really want to get your views. I know we talked about this before, and it was very similar to what we talked about before. But... Have you seen the new trailer for The Joker? Edith asks the same questions every week. How's your job? Are you having any negative thoughts? All I have are negative thoughts. I have. And let me tell you, I've, yeah, I was very tired when I watched this. And I can't remember much of it, but it was interesting. I like this. You're proving yourself as, yet again, the top pundit on <laughs> 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 everything movie related. <laughs> I give the more I, I, I kind of provide a more of a a, a wet clay uh, version of, uh, of uh, movie news <laughs> there's no telling Good. there's no telling how much of the specifics I'm going to get into but uh, I'll know it exists at a minimum a wet clay version <laughs> that's going to be in review for us now uh, they're the wet clay podcast is what I would describe them as <laughs> no listen I watched it still really strikes me as this is like on surface level, like looking in, this doesn't look like it barely feels like a comic book movie. It just strikes me as uh, a psychological drama with a bit of a gangster twist to it because, and that, and a lot of that just has to do with De Niro being in the movie, honestly, because he kind of adds that velour to the whole thing. It looks very interesting. But what's great is I, the trailer hasn't given much away. I really don't know what's going on here. And I, I'm, I'm assuming it seems apparently it's an original story, like obviously inspired by the character, but it goes in a very different direction. It'll obviously have touch points and nods to like, the, the character's lore but they seem to be like trying to create something very new with this intrigued to see where it goes weirdly suspiciously i've got i've got high expectations for this one but not as a superhero movie just as maybe an entertaining film to watch i don't disagree with what you're saying there that I... but you don't agree either <laughs> <laughs> well yes i guess so i'm in a middle ground here so i i don't i i think it might be an entertaining film and i might enjoy it for what it is mm. but i'm again i just so opposed to this whole giving the joker uh, a rationale and a reason to be the person he is because i think that's the complete opposite of what that character should be like i think that character should just be an unknown entity an absolute completely just created from well there's a batman in this universe now a force for good all of a sudden there's this 
ultimate force for evil. Like, I don't think you should try and give that character a, oh, well, this is why he is the way he is, or, oh, look, society treated him this way, so he became this person. I think that devalues what the character of the Joker is, in a way. I think it devalues him, particularly when he's opposite Batman. But if you're going to make just a Joker movie, like, if you just have a backstory, what the hell else are you going to do with that film? If you just carry it for two hours. And that begs the question. And they do seem to be, like you said, they're almost getting actors that wouldn't be in a comic book film and they're using descriptions for it that's not very comic booky. It's like they don't want it to be a comic book film, but they know that comic book films sell. Therefore, they're like, it's the Joker. Uh, so they're just well, leveraging the, Joker, the brand to, to, yeah, to, to sell it. But ultimately, this is just, it's just, like, I think it, there's going to be sort of two kind of pundits here. Like, you know, there's going to be, the, the audience is going to be divided into two groups. It's you know, folks who are just interested. and uh, the wet clay ones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, see, he uses the wet clay as face paint. His, his face paint is wet clay. So that's, that's kind of how he creates his character. But the um, I think you'll have two groups. You'll have folks who don't um, know what this is going in. They just think it's an interesting movie and they might like it because they have no prior knowledge of the character or don't really care. But then you'll have folks who will feel cheated because they, they're they going in looking for a Joker movie and they're not going to get one. Um, like, it's hilarious because this movie is obviously getting rave reviews right now. It's 75 a Metacritic. That's very high for, and I'm using air quotes here, for a comic book movie. And they're uh, saying... and they're saying you're, like, you're one of them! Yeah it's it, they've they've changed they've changed the game is what they're saying about this movie but i would argue that that kind of that 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 language annoys me because if it's barely a comic book movie then that doesn't mean they've changed the game they've just barely made a comic book movie so i think they're gonna have to walk a, a fine line here for it to get a pass for me as a comic book sort of like is it gonna be to your point i don't think you're gonna like i don't think you're gonna accept it as a comic book movie go just go just by the sound of how you, you know what you expect from the character i don't know it's, it, it's interesting it's it, it sounds like it's good but i don't i don't know anything about it so i'm i'm on tenter hooks here yeah i don't like i don't i don't want to prejudge it too much but at the same time i don't like the parts in the trailers where he's like talking to the psychiatrist and he's saying don't you get it all i have are negative thoughts and you know the guys are taking his sign and hitting him over the head with it and all that and it's like that's a bit heavy-handed guys you know i'm hoping there's something in it there's some kind of trick to it that like it, at the end it turns out that's not the joke or at the end there's like you know there's loads of inaccuracies in the story or something and i'm just hoping there's another twist that i'm not seeing yeah, jack, and need... jack nicholson just boots down the door and it's just him and his his uh... and he's wearing a heat ledger mask oh god <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> something like that and then whatever that guy from the 60s was called and mark hamill can be in it friend of the show mark hamill doing oh, the voice God. of the animated series with the, he has the, he has the definitive joker voice that's for sure he certainly freaking does also um we can talk about it next time but he does a voice in the new dark crystal show on netflix and he's oh. a dead ringer for starscream from transformers really have you watched any of the dark crystal show i watched the first four episodes and it is fantastic given my um Let's call it a condition regarding uh, puppets. Could I survive even an episode? You wouldn't last a split second. Oh Some of the things they do are terrifying with it. Oh. You would you would literally be crawling on oh your skin. No. Oh no. Well that's actually Oh my god, good. that should be your punishment. If you lose the, all the Rob Rosfac Robfax, you should have to watch the Dark Crystal <laughs> live or something. Um, oh, speaking of, uh, I'm so the reference. I mean, it's a bit late, but okay, go for it. Is it a bit late? Well, because I, while you were kind of describing some of the stuff there, I was like trying to think about what it could be. The only thing I can think of that we mentioned. So I'm, this is a little bit of a guess, if I'm going to be honest here. Rolls Royce Merlin engine, sweetest sound. Oh God, is it one of the pilots in Dunkirk that says it? 
Yes, no. It is, is it not one of the pilots in Dunkirk who says it. Oh, shit. I thought it was like the Spitfire stuff. It is about the Spitfire, and it is from Dunkirk. But it is the boat captain in Dunkirk. I will give it to you. I'll 100% give it to you. Oh, uh, okay. So or I knew will it was... I give you oh, half a Oh, it's bloody... I, I know it's, 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 it's Mark Ryland says it, I, isn't it? Is it, is it the... Is it the the, the, the like dad, the, yes. The exactly. civilian guy who's going around in his little boat. I, I, so, I, well, what do you think? Do you think you deserve... I'll, I'll trust your honesty. Do you deserve a pint or a half a pint? I, I, I'm going to... I got the movie. Yeah, you got the movie. You know what? That's fair. <laughs> yeah, that's... Okay, yeah. Look, I'll give you it. I'll, I will give you it. Congratulations, Rob. Okay, You've great. got the reference. Okay, We've gotten fine. the last however many of them. We are doing excellently at the moment. Okay, great. So, was it just luck that... Were you planning on talking about Christopher Nolan then? Because I brought him up. Oh, I had. So, Barry Keown... Ah, I even said oh, he was in Dunkirk, pretty... and you God, already mentioned you... Dunkirk beforehand. Oh, like, wow. oh Jesus! Yeah, that... Jesus, talk about grays in the topic. <laughs> but thankfully, you didn't get it then. But look, look, we got, we, we got, we got to wrap up. We got, a, we do. We got one more piece to do, of course, which is a Ross fact, Rob fact Indeed. for next week. And it said like this: Ross, 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 That's how it said. <laughs> I'll, I'll edit the first bit out. <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to go first Rob or shall I sure um, I'll, I'll kick us off uh, Ross are you ready for the Rob fact this week I am most definitely ready for the Rob fact you're Moss Def what a, what, what a musician okay so here's my fact Jeff Goldblum used to be the voice for the Captain Crunch cereal commercials how about that what a delicious fact indeed crunchy in fact oh nice <laughs> okay so my Ross fact for this week is that Quentin Tarantino is a renowned foot fetishist. But in his new movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, there is over 30 shots of feet in the movie. <laughs> yeah, Ross fact, Rob fact. Rob <laughs> oh fact. yeah, that, that deserves a sleazier outro. That one does. Oh, that, that definitely deserved a sleazier output. So listen, broad um, spectrum for the facts this week. I think it's fair to say. That, that, that is fair to say. I mean, I would say sometimes that they, that they are. But it doesn't matter because we've done it. We, we've gotten to the end of, of another show. Whew, and it's kept under the hour mark. Just. Um, just about. Really quickly, just want to say um, Red Band Reviewers Podcast Guys did a review on us recently. And I want to say thanks for that because it was awesome. So thanks for that, guys. Rob. We've done it. Can you believe this? Yes. Can you believe it? We've done it. Again, shock we got to 16. Has has that helicopter passed you by now that we've gotten through the episode? They were, they're obviously they were standing guard. I mean, they're in the room looking at me oh, here. No, just just right. waiting until I finish up, if I'm going to be honest. <laughs> you know, it's it's great. Uh, thanks, as always, folks, for listening. Um, for those that you managed to power through these hours, we're thrilled. And you know what's, what's great? If you ever want to listen to the other stuff that you've already listened to, you can find us everywhere. You can find us on all sorts of platforms. The, the podcast is available on iTunes and Spotify. And SoundCloud, and our well, certainly the the, the, the name brand of this podcast, nearly uh, Podtail, is uh, Podtail <laughs> is, is the brand we work on. Choice. We have a website, <laughs> CapUnderstands.com. We've got the Twitter that uh, Ross handles with uh, a plum. He he powers through the tweets. Rob, you'll be happy to know you you absolutely destroyed me with uh, your pick of John Wick as a poster. Oh, God. Absolutely annihilated my Turbo Kid pick. And uh, we do a every Thursday. We do a hashtag "Got You Covered" segment. You annihilated me last Did week. I, so I, 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 I didn't see the final uh, results on the poll. But. Destroyed. De- you know what? Actually, I, I've got I've got the percentage right here. Now again, I know you said my percentages earlier run too high, but trust me on this one. This is this is seventy three percent to twenty seven percent. All right. Okay. Well, look. You know, you win some, you lose some, buddy. Look, this week I picked uh, 
big trouble in little China. So your your head's on the chopping block, buddy. Oh yeah. Anyways, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Hopefully you you would stick with us. Maybe show us a review would be awesome if you could do something like that. Uh, Really thank you for listening. Keep it up, guys. There's only one thing left to say, and that's I've been Ross. I've been Rob, and this has been I understood that reference. Thanks so much for listening. We did it. I honest to God, by the way, I nearly said I've been Rob repeatedly. Every time I said it, I was like, what you said? that's not my name. <laughs> you said you you addressed yourself at one point as well during the show. <laughs> did I? Yeah, you said you, you called you you addressed you were trying to talk to me and you said Ross. Look, this is what we get for having our names so similar, right? <laughs> that's true. It's a risky game. Our parents should have known. This is a high Ross, high reward scenario. <laughs> <laughs>